1: Hello, you're listening to 5 Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. On this episode we'll be looking at some folklore from the Philippines, the Tikbalang, which is half man, half horse. There doesn't seem to be a definitive story of the Tikbalang like most of the other topics I've covered, so I've taken some of the most common elements of Tikbalang beliefs and stories to craft my own tale. And, as usual, we'll take a more in-depth look after the story. So here's today's 5 Minute Folklore, The Lost Travellers. Long ago, in the Philippines, two men were walking through a thick forest. They were intending to visit the next town over from their own, in order to discuss some trade, and thought that cutting through the forest would be a quicker route. We should be there by now. We must have taken a wrong turn somewhere. We should go back. It should not have been a long journey, but they had been walking for a long time now, and were starting to worry a little. They soon came to a bamboo grove. We haven't been here before. The first man started, but was hushed by his friend. Shh! He held his hand to his ear. Something's coming. They prepared themselves as the sound of movement got closer. Into the grove stepped a man they both recognised. Mackie, we're pleased to see you. We're passing through from the village and have lost our way. Mackie was well known in the village for knowing the area very well, including the forests, and was very popular and friendly. We're lucky to have found you. Can you guide us back home? Mackie nodded and beckoned them over. He knew this forest better than anyone. They had stumbled across the perfect person. He told them to follow him. Follow me. So they did. The two men, who were becoming very concerned before, now found themselves feeling relaxed again knowing they would be home soon. An hour passed. Mackie, shouldn't we be home by now? Mackie turned back, smiled, and told them it was just a little further. further. The men shrugged and concluded that they must have really been more lost than they thought. After another hour, they asked again. This area feels familiar. Are you sure we haven't been here before? Mackie continued moving and told them it was not far. This continued for two days. They could take no more. Mackie, we have passed by this same place many times now. You are leading us in circles. Mackie began to chuckle. And a smell filled the air. It smelt like tobacco. And the men realised who they had been following. It was not their friend Mackie from the village. As he transformed in front of them, Revealing his true form, they both uttered out its name in horror. Tikbalang. He stood in front of them, laughing, <laughs> a tall, muscular man with the head of a horse. You tricked us. We're more lost than ever, one of the men said as his friend charged at the Tikbalang. The Tikbalang pushed him down. The man tried to get back up, but with every attempt, the Tikbalang just stamped him back down to the ground with his strong, hoofed feet. The other man watched in disbelief, but then recalled the stories of the Tikbalang, and while it was distracted with his friend, ran up behind it and jumped onto its back. The Tikbalang went wild. It began bucking furiously, jumping into the air, trying to throw the man off. He was clinging on for dear life he saw his friend get up and disappear back into the forest, shaking. Eventually, the Tikbalang began to tire, and when he got his moment, the man searched within its thick mane. There they were, three golden hairs hidden within. He plucked them out and climbed down from the Tikbalang, who was now docile. Tikbalang! He held the three golden hairs in the air. You are now my servant! Guide me to my home. The Tikbalang nodded solemnly and led the man back to his village. When they arrived, his friend was already there, standing with his wife. She ran over. What happened? Are you okay? My husband's only been shaking and laughing to himself since he returned. Tikbalang, he said. It seems the encounter has driven him mad. The woman could not believe what she saw as the Tikbalang entered the village, following the man. It's okay, I've tamed it. He will do as I say now, but I am sorry about your husband. For the rest of his life, the man had the Tikbalang plough his fields and tend his crops. His friend never recovered. hope you enjoyed the story. As I said, I put that together based on many recurring elements of Tikbalang folklore. I'll talk more about them on this episode, as well as the possible origins of Tikbalang beliefs, different versions of the Tikbalang, and possible real-life encounters. Tikbalang stories originate in the Philippines, but are also told throughout Indonesia and Cambodia. It has the head of a horse and the body of a man, so the reverse of a centaur. It has long limbs, disproportionate to its body. If it squats down, its knees will rise above its head. It's very tall and incredibly muscular and imposing. It also has long fingers, a thick mane and hoofed feet. In some depictions it has hair all over, and in others, just on its head, neck and hands, It's sometimes described as having glowing red eyes and carrying an axe. The fear of an encounter with this monstrous werehorse is enough to drive some insane. It doesn't always appear this way though, it's a shapeshifter and can appear in a form that's more familiar to you, usually with the intent to trick you or cause you to get lost. It will lead travelers repeatedly to the same place until it's bored. This can go on for days sometimes. And sometimes they're never seen again. It does this for its own amusement, as it is a mischievous character, and mostly harmless unless you anger it, in which case it will push you down to the ground repeatedly. This causes delirium and insanity. All you can do is giggle and shake. The more you resist it, the more abuse it will give. If you give up, it will disappear, leaving you disorientated. If you anger it too much, it could stamp you to death. Sometimes they will transform themselves suddenly in front of your eyes to scare you and they can also make themselves invisible. The smell of tobacco surrounds Tikbalang. They're known to sit on the top branches of trees, smoking cigars. They're said to only travel at night and live in dark places with few people and many trees. Some say they live in bilet or kalumpang trees or bamboo or banana groves. Sometimes, even in swamps or under bridges, The name Tikbalang translates to demon horse, but aside from Tikbalang or Tigbalon and other variations of spellings and pronunciations, in some places it's known as Tawang, Teho, or Bananganan. While most think of the Tikbalang as a trickster, there are other more sinister stories where it is more of a benevolent demon. In these depictions it usually has red eyes and is associated with the smell of burning hair. These stories can be incredibly dark. In the most extreme it is said to travel at night to find female mortals to rape in order for them to birth more Tikbalang. Parents will tell their children that it could kidnap them and it's used to scare them from going too far from home or into the forests, especially at night. There are other beliefs in different regions surrounding Tikbalang that are far more innocent. For example, when rain falls on a clear and sunny day, people will say that a Tikbalang is getting married. May kinakasal na Tikbalang. You may have heard of other superstitions around the world that are similar to this. A few more examples of Tikbalang beliefs are, it may offer you a riddle. If you can answer it correctly, it will give you a pot of gold. It will appear human on a full moon to come into villages and socialize or play with other humans. The night of a full moon is also the only time it bathes. Also, it may fall in love with a mortal girl and try its best to seduce her. There are some other, more spiritual beliefs surrounding Tikbalang. Some think of the Tikbalang as an Encanto, an Encanto is a Filipino environmental spirit. Some say that the Tikbalang is the guardian of the forest. It will appear to protect the forest from those it deems a threat. The balet trees that some believe them to reside in are portals to another dimension or the home to other supernatural beings. Tikbalang guard this gateway to the sky world and some shamans will attempt to summon Tikbalang to secure and protect the land. There are ways to protect yourself from a Tikbalang. When travelling through an area thought to be inhabited by a Tikbalang, do so very silently, as not to disturb him. Or, if you find yourself passing by a suspected Tikbalang lair, loudly ask permission to pass. Tabi-tabi-po, makikurampo The best way to protect yourself, though, is to wear your shirt inside out when passing through suspected territory. In some regions, it's also said that the tail of a stingray will protect you. Some will even hang these outside their homes if it is thought that a Tikbalang may be about. As told in the story at the beginning of the episode, a Tikbalang can be tamed. First, you must subdue the beast. You must prepare a special rope, climb onto the back of the Tikbalang and tie the rope around it. The Tikbalang will try with all of its energy to throw you off, so you must hold on tight. It will buck wildly, possibly over mountains, fields and water until it is completely exhausted. If you have managed to hold on all this time, then now you must take your chance. The Tikbalang has a particularly thick mane, sometimes said to be made of spines. You must search its mane for the three special hairs, sometimes they're the thickest ones, sometimes they're golden, and pluck them out. Once you have them, the Tikbalang is your servant for life. It may even beg to serve you. They're said to be particularly good at plowing and planting crops. Some versions of this say you only need one of the special hairs or spines to control the tick-bellang. Belang. It is also said that one of these hairs will grant you a wish. You can also use one of these hairs to make an anting-anting, which is a type of talisman that will grant you good luck, especially in gambling and make you stronger, enough to even protect you from a gunshot. While searching for Tikbalang stories, I came across quite a few accounts of people who have claimed to have had real-life encounters. One described hearing a Tikbalang jumping up and down on their roof in the night, with the thud, thud, thud of hoof noises. Another told that, after cutting down a billet tree outside their home, they could smell the strong odour of tobacco smoke. The smell lingered so strongly in their home that they ended up having a ceremony to transfer the Tikbalang to another place. I'm going to tell a final encounter that I read now, as a short story, the factory sighting. One evening, a factory worker was visited by his employer. Uh, I need you to go into work early tomorrow morning. We have an early delivery, so I, I need you to prepare the machinery. So the worker had an early night and headed up to his work in the early hours. Once he had prepared all the machines, as he was asked, he went outside for a break and sat under a nearby tree, where he regularly took a rest. It was still dark. He heard the sound of hooves. They were getting closer, but he could not make out where they were coming from. A tall, thin man approached from the forest. His eyes were red, almost glowing. He drew closer and then stopped and turned as he noticed the sky beginning to brighten. He turned back and said, You should be thankful because the sun is coming up. I'll be back for you. And he left. The man realized what he had seen. Tikbalang, he whispered to himself in fright. When the Spanish first came to the Philippines, during the invasion that started in the 1500s, they brought horses with them. This was the first time the native peoples there would have encountered horses. A common theory is that the Spanish conquistadors told the natives of a half-horse, half-man beast in order to scare them, possibly to make them afraid of the night, as they said that the Tikbalang was only around after dark. But many believe that Tikbalang stories go back much further possibly as far back as 4,000 years. Inspiration for the imagery of the Tikbalang probably came from Hayagriva, which is an avatar of the Hindu god Vishnu. The Hindu images and culture could have passed into the Philippines through trading with the Chinese. Tikbalang used similar imagery to Hayagriva, but evolved through stories into its own being. Tikbalang appear in many Filipino-made films, and are a very popular character in media there. It is the topic of the first episode of the web-documentary series, Creatures of Philippine Mythology, titled Tikbalang, The Demon Horse, produced by The Answang Project and High Banks Entertainment. Also, there is a Tikbalang called Lucio that features as a prominent character in the graphic novel The Mythology Class, written and illustrated by Filipino comic creator Arnold Ara. There is also a Filipino hardcore band named after it, called Tame the Tik Outside of the Philippines and surrounding countries, it does not commonly appear, though it has shown up in a few video games, such as World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XI. The similarly named Togbalong is a ghost witch that can transform and bestow gifts and powers onto those it favoured. I'm going to start wrapping up this episode. I really like delving into cultures around the world that I previously had no knowledge of, so I hope you will enjoy that element of the podcast too. Thanks to listener Robert for suggesting this one. If you want to suggest an episode or get in contact at all, then you can do so by emailing 5 folklore at gmail.com or via the website 5 where you can also find all the other links to various social medias, including Instagram, where I post up accompanying images for the episodes, and my personal Twitter, at Bob Shoy, where I'm usually available to interact with. You can also support the show on the website by following the donate links through DonorBox and PayPal. Helping out by rating and reviewing on iTunes is really appreciated too. Or, tell someone you know about the show, or post something about it online. That's all really helpful. Thanks to Rick Dove, Tom Georgeson, and Rebecca Chapman for Voices This Week, There'll be one more episode next week before I take a short break. Thanks so much for listening. Music this week was a combination of various Filipino traditional sounds. And to play us out, here's a traditional Philippine folk dance, Magleletic.